Good morning. I'm Sandy Magson. Back in the studio today with me is Steve Scafidi. We are WTMJ now. And as the Republican presidential primary debate, the first one is here in Milwaukee tomorrow at Pfizer Forum. We welcome to the show ABC News contributor Sarah Isger with her debate preview. How are you, Sarah? Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Will you be watching tomorrow? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, this is, um, you know, I ran Carly Fiorina's campaign in 2016, and I'm having a lot of flashbacks these days. <laughs> what kind of advice would you give for any of the candidates that'll be on stage tomorrow? Primary debates are just so different than a general election debate. Really, they shouldn't be called debates. You're not there to debate anyone. You're there to try to have that breakout moment to get viewers and GOP primary voters in this case um, to want to learn more about you, to be willing to shop, you know, for other candidates. And so when you're a candidate like Vivek Ramaswamy, who has very low name ID nationally, sort of an unknown on that stage, this can be a make or break moment. You've got to have that that, you know, 30 seconds where voters say, huh, who's that guy? Um, Chris Christie comes in with very high expectations. I expect him to meet them. He is by far the most experienced, talented debater, quote unquote, on that stage. And then you've got someone like Ron DeSantis. He's coming in uh, as the front runner in terms of people who will be on the stage. He will literally and metaphorically be in the center of the stage. Can he live up to those expectations and actually make the case for why it should be him versus Trump in the home stretch? Sarah, how do the candidates deal with Donald Trump, the candidate and former president, when he's not there? What is the right amount of Trump time in a debate where he's not standing on that stage? Well, unfortunately, I think I expect a lot of these candidates to dodge talking about Donald Trump. They'll pivot and talk about, you know, Joe Biden's who we're running against. And that makes some sense. You do want voters to see that you would be an effective foil against Joe Biden, that you could win the general election. The problem is Donald Trump's running 2030 in one poll, 40 points ahead of all of these folks. So to not make the case for why you versus Donald Trump uh, will be a huge missed opportunity because a lot of the voters watching tonight or uh, tomorrow night will be perfectly happy continuing to vote for Donald Trump. ABC News contributor Sarah Isger on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline. Sarah, we know tomorrow is going to be exciting and it's going to be impactful to get some of these candidates propelled forward. But what is the timeline for candidates after tomorrow night's debate, the next big test? Absolutely. So for each of these debates, the RNC ratchets up the requirements. For this debate, for instance, it was 40,000 donors. For the September debate, it'll be 50,000 donors. So each time these candidates have to meet larger and larger thresholds, which again makes these debates really important because this is the opportunity to say, hey, if you like me, give me $5 so I can make it to the next debate. Sarah, somebody asked me this question away from the show, and I, and I didn't have a great answer to it. How many people should be on the stage? Some of these folks are, are polling 1%, 2%, maybe 3%. Should they be on the debate stage tonight? Or tomorrow night, rather? I think when I think when you're talking about the first debate of the season, it actually can be a pretty large group. Again, these aren't really debates. They're sort of individual 30-second stump speeches to show if you can toss it up with some other folks on stage. As we get closer, yes, you want it to be fewer people. You want it to be more like a debate. You want them to actually be focused on one another and showing their differences. That's not really what tonight's about, though. Do you expect to see uh, some of the candidates drop out if after this debate tomorrow night they don't see an uh, uptick in their polling? That is a great question. It's all going to depend on why the candidate got in in the first place. 
some of these folks I don't think ever really expect to be the Republican nominee. They want to increase their donor base or maybe write a book or be considered for a cabinet position down the road. Um, so I do expect we'll see candidates drop out, you know, in the November time frame. Might be a little early right now. And Sarah, are there any details on former President Trump's online interview and when that will actually be released to viewers and where? So we don't have a ton of details. Uh, it sounds like he and Tucker Carlson will be doing something on that X, formerly known as Twitter platform. Um, but we'll see. And the issue for Donald Trump will be viewers. Are people actually going to tune in? Tucker Carlson hasn't been getting a lot of eyeballs on that show. But on the other hand, the numbers aren't apples to apples either. So it's not like we have the Nielsen ratings for Twitter. If you just sort of are on Twitter, you're counted as a viewer. Uh, so expect a lot of people like me to be saying, wait, wait, wait. That's not how many people actually watch that. <laughs> Sarah Isger with a uh, great debate preview tomorrow night in Milwaukee, the big Republican debates. Eight nominees on stage. Sarah, a, an ABC News contributor joining us on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline. Uh, thanks for the information there, Sarah. Appreciate you. Sarah Isger. I, I love her insight. I didn't realize she worked for Carly Farina either. She's got that political experience. That's why I was excited. I'm like, then, because she really does come from a passionate point of view and, and that inside politics perspective. I spent last night um, watching three big networks, mm -hmm. Fox, CNN, and MSNBC, kind of see how they were approaching this. It's interesting that, and this is something that we can talk about probably at some point during the show or today or tomorrow, is the Trump impact, even though he's not on the stage. That's still going to be a part of this. And it's not, I'm not bashing Donald Trump. I mean, he's obviously the leading nominee. Sure. And we're seeing the numbers. Yeah. They're, they're shocking and startling, and maybe not so much if you're a Trump supporter. But it's hard to believe that given that reality, that we have a candidate that's so far out in front of everybody else, that there's seven, eight others, plus maybe a couple more that are kind of floating out there. And by the way, some other candidates who are thinking about jumping in still that this is still a very fluid thing. Now, the answer to that question is, we haven't cast a vote yet. And a lot can happen between now and next year. Uh, love the fact that Sarah joined us. Lots more to get to, including this, this story that I have a really strong opinion. I'm, I'm curious what Sandy thinks about it. The, uh, the ability to block people on social media, it's a huge thing. And I've done it, and I'm sure everybody else has done <laughs> it at some point, if you're active on social media. Is that a big deal or not? Elon Musk says, you know what? I'm going to get rid of that feature. You're not going to block anybody. But here's the weird part. He's still blocking people. I was just going to say, I bet he does. <laughs> yeah, I bet he does, <laughs> which is kind of a weird thing. But I guess when you're the big guy, the big cheese, to use a Wisconsin term, maybe you can do whatever you want. We'll have that conversation after this on WTMJ Now.